So I'm going to start with telling you a story. So about five weeks ago, um, it was the weekend, and Emma had come home from school. Emma's our eight-year-old daughter. She'd come home from school, and she had slightly sore knees. And, and then the next morning, we were having hockey, and she played hockey, and you could tell she was in a bit of pain as she's running around, but she's a tolly, which is my side of the family, so she is very competitive, and... Um, and, and just gives it all. But then afterwards, you could tell she was getting a bit sore. And then she had a birthday party at Rainbow's End. And, you know, kids being kids. So she ran all around Rainbow's End, um, but she was in pain, she was telling us. And then she got home, and it was pretty bad. Then she slept okay that night, but it was not good. And then got up in the morning and came to church, and she actually had friends piggybacking her around church because she actually couldn't walk. And by that stage, Jody and I were getting a little worried. We're like, what's going on? People are telling us, oh, we better book her in and take her to the doctor the next morning on Monday morning. And we're like, okay. Now, I had already prayed because I'm a good pastor. You know, you've got to do what you've got to do. So, you know, we're talking to people and we're getting worried and we don't like seeing our daughter in discomfort. And then it was either after the second service or at the night service, I was talking to a nurse who's also a mum. And she just said, you know it's just growing pains. And we're like, oh, it is. And see, all of a sudden, in that moment, when we knew the truth of what was going on, when we knew what was happening, it just changed our way of thinking, and it changed Emma's perspective. All of a sudden, she went to bed that night. Yeah, she was still in pain, but she slept a lot better. We got up in the morning, and guess what? She's fine. But see, when you know what's going on, when you know the truth, it changes how you look at things. It changes your perspective. And I believe it's so important that we as Christians know the truth. John 8 verse 32 says, When you know the truth, when you know Jesus, the truth will set you free. You know, when you know what's going on, when you find Jesus, it really does change your life. But hasn't truth become a very contentious issue these days? It's like anyone and everyone can decide what is true and what is accurate. And if they disagree with what you think, then you are wrong. There's this guy named George Ortwell who said, during times of universal deceit or telling, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. How crazy is that? He went on to say, truth is the new hate speech. It's like anything that people dislike or don't agree with gets labeled as either misinformation or now disinformation or like George said even hate speech just for telling the truth now I do want to say as Christians our role is to be loving and only say what we need to say and not try and put people offside with us but the truth is still the truth now if anyone here thinks because I've titled the message disinformation that I'm going to get political or this is about COVID-19 or mandates it's not and we'll get there in a moment but I do want to say yes the mask mandates have been dropped but we're family. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. It doesn't matter how you think or how you act because we are family together. And we, it's okay to be different because we accept people as they are, don't we? So I just want to say that. You know, it's all about being family. Now, I want to give you a really good example of this. Many of you will know my sister Judith. Well, we are family. We're blood family, right? We love Jesus. But let me tell you, her views and my views politically and socially, let's just see they're very, very different. But it's okay, because I still love her. 
I'm not sure she loves me, but that's a different story. <laughs> but we are family. Okay, we can be different. We can all have opinions, but we do need to know what the truth is because when we know the truth, it really sets us apart. Now, I just want to say, you know where the truth is found? It's found in here. Truth is found in Jesus. It's not found in our media. It's not found from our politicians and certainly not from the pulpit of truth. And don't get me started about Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. Although, can can I just say, sometimes TikTok and Instagram... And Facebook is actually more truthful than our media and our politicians these days, which is a bit scary. Now here at Church Unlimited, one of our cultures is the Bible is our foundation. We base our lives on the authority of God's Word. Now Revelation 12 says the devil walks around, you've heard this before, like a roaring lion, trying to see who he can devour, who he can distract, who he can sidetrack, who he can deceive. Or who will listen to his lies? See, there's been a battle going on for centuries. Good versus evil, right? Jesus versus Satan, truth versus lies. And that's why I want to talk about disinformation today. See, misinformation is when we share or tell people about something we think is true but is not. Which is why, church, we actually need to read the Bible, right? I hope you know where your Bible is at home. That was a bit quiet, church. We do know where our Bible is at home. But see, disinformation is a different story. Let me read it out specifically. Disinformation is purposefully sharing or spreading false or misleading information with the purpose of deceiving people. See, disinformation is when you know it's not true, but you say it anyway. Do you know what the Bible says in John 8 verse 44? That the devil is the father of all lies. All disinformation comes from the pit of hell because he's trying to deceive us, church. And I feel, and I really felt this when when Pastor Tark asked me to share, that church, we need to understand that for years and years, the devil has been spreading disinformation. He's been trying to sidetrack us as Christians and the church, especially in the West, from doing what he's called us to do, from doing what is true. And do you know, if he, he spread it for so long, some of us, us have started believing it. And we need to realize that. Now, if you've got your Bibles, because you know, it is actually good to bring your Bible, I want you to turn to probably the key scripture this morning, 2 Timothy 4, 3 to 4. So yeah, on your phones, you can do it as well. You can actually search it. Why? Because sometimes we actually need to allow the word to come into us. Now, just while you're turning there, because I actually want you to look at it, this morning, I've titled the message Disinformation, but in a moment, we're going to look at four ships, okay? Don't say the word wrong, because you'll get yourself in trouble, okay? Can we all say ships together? Okay, so this is so you can remember it. Why? Because a message isn't about us hearing good thoughts. It's about us receiving something and wrestling with it all week and even discussing it or chatting with people. So we take it and we really go, okay, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying? So listen to this verse. This is Paul sending a letter to Timothy. 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 to 4. Okay, here it is. For the time will come, I believe the time is now, when they will not endure a sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. I better read the, 
teachers who will tell them whatever their itchy ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Do you know that phrase, itching ears, means that we, this is what they're talking about, this is what Paul was saying, we the church will just want to hear what we want to hear. It's kind of like selective hearing. You know how our kids have selective hearing? Yeah, parents or husbands, like when the sport's on, we just have selective hearing. You know, know, I'm, I'm not trying to dob anyone in, but... So today we want to look at four areas of disinformation. So what are they? Now, like I said, I I learned during the week that apparently most humans only remember 10% of what you hear. So have a look at these images because I want the images to land in your brain and to go, God, what are you saying? So the first disinformation is a cruise ship. Tell the person next to you, cruise ship. Who here has been on a cruise ship before? Okay, a few hands. I've never been on a cruise ship. Jodie and I have talked about it, but I think she's got some reluctance because she doesn't want to be stuck on on that boat for like five or seven days with our kids. You guys have gone silent because you know the truth. It's not because she doesn't want to be stuck there with the kids. It's because she doesn't want to be stuck there with me. (laughs) So right. I'm not going to share our marriage problems or anything, but that's right. <laughs> But see, the Bible says, and Jesus said this to you, I have told you all so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Now, I want to be honest. I know many of you don't want to hear this, but this is the truth. And this is one of the lies that the devil's been trying to share and impart into the church for years. We are not a cruise ship. You don't come to Jesus because your life is going to be made perfect. He, Jesus doesn't come into our life and then we bypass all the hardships. That's not how the church works. That's not how Christianity works. I mean, I know that for most of us in this room, we are struggling with something. There's some battle with our family or work or, or finances or something's going on. But Jesus didn't say, I'll take it away. Yes, he'll make our burdens lighter like Naomi shared. But Christianity is not a cruise ship. We have to understand that. See, when I came to Jesus, I didn't come to Jesus to make my life easier. I came to Jesus to make my life better. Because you know what? I found that I needed a savior, that I've got something wrong in me. Do you know what that wrong thing is? It's the human desire that causes us to sin. And I need Jesus to help that out. Who understands that? See, Christianity is not a cruise ship, and the church is not a cruise ship. You know, the Bible says offenses must come, not might come. We are going to get offended. We are going to get annoyed. Hard things are going to come. I'm sorry about it. We can't change that. Most of you will have seen that. If I'm honest, and, and some of you know at least half of the stories, the last two years have been the hardest two years of my life with all the different things going on here at church and with COVID. But you know, I am so grateful that I had Jesus with me. I am so grateful that Jesus was with me the whole way. You know, he is always there. And somebody you need to hear, you're in the deepest pit right now. Well, do you know what? Jesus is there with you. And I said it, yeah. It doesn't matter how bad the storm is, Jesus is in your boat. But you know, I felt it, and I said it in the first service, 
I feel that some of you need to know the pit you're in. Yes, it's deep and it's dark, but not only is Jesus in there with you, he's got a ladder and he's gonna get you out. He is gonna get you out. You need to receive that this morning. You know, when I was preparing this message, all I could think about when I was thinking about this cruise ship is that poem, and it's called Footsteps, and how it goes is that somebody has a dream and they look back at their life and they can see walking along the beach these sets of footprints. You know how you see them in the sand, and, and they look back and at certain hard times, there were only one set of footprints, but at the good times, there were two sets of footprints. And they turn to Jesus and go, Jesus, why did you abandon me in the hard times? But no, Jesus said, no, in those times I was carrying you. And see, Jesus is with you. Yes, yes, life is gonna be hard. Don't listen to the disinformation of the devil. Life is gonna be hard. And church, it's not about your comfort. It is not about your comfort. The devil has tried to sow so much of us thinking about, oh, what is best for me? All this consumer mentality, oh, I'll pick that, but I won't have that. No, church is about family. It's about us together. And we need to understand that we are together in this. It's not a cruise ship. It's not a country club that we attend on Sunday mornings for fun and relaxation. We come here because Jesus is real, because he is working. Can I give you a few examples? Have a think about Job. He didn't think Christianity was a cruise ship. What about Paul? Or Stephen getting stoned to death. Esther, Ruth, my goodness. Jeremiah, he was called the weeping prophet. He, he didn't have a fun time. But Jesus is with us. Christianity and the church is not a cruise ship. But we are together in it. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. You know, throughout COVID, man, people were like, oh, this is tough. No, sorry, we're all in it together. We're all in it together. And which leads me to my second ship, which is fellowship. Okay, and, and Pastor Tark says in the, um, in the promo, it's all about the gathering. And can I just say, I am so excited about New Zealand Beyond. It's time for us to gather together. It's time for us, not just in one service, but all the campuses to come together, to be jam-packed in this, in this place. And do you know what? I believe God is gonna break out. And why? Well, if you've ever been a Christian throughout your teenage years and you went to a camp, it's kind of like you're guaranteed to have an encounter with God. Why? Because you put that time aside. You, you leave everything else behind and you go. Conferences are like the adult version of camp. Apart from there's better food at the conference because you can have your own food and there's better sleeping because you're in your own bed. See, so it's so much better and it's cheaper. I mean, 50 or $60. I mean, man, three days of camping would cost you like $200. Man, school camps are crazy expensive at the moment. Anyway, sorry, sidetrack. But see, the devil for, for years, especially during COVID, has just been trying to say, church is important. You don't need to come to church. You can do church by yourself. You can be a Christian without anyone else in your family without anyone coming around you. It doesn't work. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible's very clear in Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We need one another, not giving up meeting together. Now, this wasn't just meeting together on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night. This is meeting together in small groups and home groups together because we need each other. We need to be part of a small group. Do you know why? Because iron sharpens iron. 
We need people to help us wrestle and grow and discuss the word. And I'll keep going back to this, but I feel this verse was written for 2022. The writer of Hebrews is saying, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. You're not here just to hear the word. You're here to encourage each other. We're here to grow together as a family. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The day's not approaching anymore. The day is here, church. Man, I need people close to me. I need people who are going to tell me what's going on and we can discuss and chat about what's happening. I need people who I can trust enough that if I turn up to church and I've still got sleep in my eye, that they're not just going to think to themselves, or you've got stuff stuck in your teeth, that they're not going to say anything. You need people close enough that they're going to say something. You know, you need friends who are actually going to tell you the truth. You need friends who are going to come alongside you. You know, you need friends that you can trust them, like, you know, my worst nightmare getting up on stage and having my fly down. <laughs> but no, most of you wouldn't tell me. You'd just be talking to each other about it. See, we need fellowship, we need friendship, we need people around us. I think the best example of this is a fire. No, we don't light fires that much these days, but if you light a fire on a beach and then it's time to go, if you spread all the embers out, it won't be long until they all go cold. But if you keep them together in a bunch, you can go back there a couple of days later and it'll fly up again. Why? Because the church is about together. It's about fellowshipping. It's about growing. It's about being in the house and houses. Look at Acts 2, verse 24 and 23. Uh, say that again. Acts 2, 42 and 43. And, and listen to this, and I believe this is what's going to happen if we come against this disinformation. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the teaching that's in the book, and fellowship. It wasn't just one. It's kind of like, and they devoted themselves to coming together on Sunday and fellowship and meeting together during the week to break bread and prayer Thursday nights and all came upon every soul and what happened and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles signs and wonders and miracles was breaking up because they were doing these things don't listen to the dis disinformation of the devil let's press in to what he's called us to do which is be a family and be together we need small groups you need a small group of people who are coming around and helping you and supporting you. We can't listen to the devil. He's tried so hard to separate us, to break us apart, to stop us praying together, to stop us meeting together. And you know, he's happy if you just turn up on church and sorry about this, but it's sitting right at the back in the balcony and just hiding and thinking you're doing the right thing. No, it needs to be more than that. It really needs to be more than that. And I, I just want to say, you, we need each other. So the cruise ship, fellowship, and then discipleship. Now, if you've got your Bibles, but most of you will know this verse. See, I think the devil's worked so hard at sharing this disinformation. See, Matthew 28, Jesus was about to zoom up to heaven, and he left us with one thing to do. Do you know what it says? It says, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, go therefore and make disciples. We are called to make disciples. Not Pastor Tark and Pastor Sam are called to make disciples. We are called to make disciples. See, it's a correction that we need to make. Now, here's the hard truth. Who are you discipling right now? 
Because if you're not, we're not taking serious the great commission that Jesus has asked us to do. And we think, oh, but it's too hard. It's actually not that hard. You know what people need? They just need people to get alongside them and be there for them. You know, COVID showed us with so many people just disappearing from churches all around the country that we haven't built our foundation strong. Do you know how we build those foundations? It's not through preaching. It's not through a good message on a Sunday. It's through meeting with other people and reading the word together and praying together and wrestling over scripture and going, come on, I wanna grow. That is how we grow. Don't listen to the disinformation of the devil and say, oh, you can't do it. No, the answer is we can all do it. We're all qualified. We're all able to disciple. And you know when we start doing that, that's when the kingdom starts advancing. That's when we start really going forward. Now this is a, a huge area. The truth is actually every one of these ships, I could turn into a message on its own. But this is a plug simply for the fact that we need better teaching in this area. And, and it's not on a Sunday that you get it. So this Tuesday night, we have the opportunity of having some real teaching on how to be the Christian, the Christ follower that we are all called to be. And you know, when we, right from the impact age, right from 11-year-olds, and trust me, 11-year-olds, they would love this material. Right through to 99-year-olds. I don't think we have a 99-year-old in the service, but whatever age you are, we need to learn how to be the Christian we're called to be. And this is the, to be honest, the last time the Billy Graham organization was in New Zealand was 1969. That's a long time ago. That was even before I was born. I'm not asking for a show of hands who was still alive, who went to But I know people in the service even got saved at a Billy Graham event. I've been talking to pastors throughout the last few weeks, and the number of families that got saved in 1959 and 1969, that now their families and their kids have gone on to be pastors and to be on, become significant leaders. Man, we want to be part of this legacy church. We want to see our community change, and the fact that it's happening in the trust arena on November 19 is amazing. So I wanna say this is our one opportunity. This might be the only time they are here in our generation. So come along this Tuesday night, it's free. Man, we need to learn this. This is not, can I tell you, this is not about the Billy Graham organization. This is about us learning how to be the Christians that God has called us to be. Because you know, when we collectively can do that, Man, we will be an unstoppable force. We will be the unstoppable force that we're called to be. Man, West Auckland cannot help but be changed if a few churches start being all that we're called to be and not just listen to the disinformation of the devil and stay sitting in our pews, not fellowshipping, trying to be comfortable, not discipling. If we do those things, we won't see the change. The truth is, we have got friends and family that need discipling. And, and on a Sunday morning, that cannot happen. It doesn't happen on a Sunday morning. It needs other times. So please do come this Tuesday, 7 p.m., come along. And not only is it free, the resources in here would cost a lot of money, but they just want to come and bless the church. So don't listen to the disinformation of the devil. We need we need to start discipling. There's somebody right now in your life that you can start discipling. 
that we can all do, that are just a little bit back there in their faith, that you can just pull them with you. Just drag them along to a prayer meeting. Get them together in a cafe and read some scripture and discuss it. It's so, so powerful. Now that brings me to the last ship, and that is a battleship. See, we're not called to be a cruise ship. We're called to fellowship, we're called to discipleship, but we gotta understand the church actually is a battleship. Can I say, the church is not a cruise ship where a handful of people serve and everyone else is relaxing in their nice, comfortable chairs, even though that's what we want. We want you to be comfortable. But no, the church is a battleship where it's all hands on deck, where everyone is serving in a mission. Could you imagine a battleship where only 10% of the people were doing what they meant to do? One, it'd probably be going nowhere, but if, it, if an enemy came along, it'll be taken out straight away. See, we're all in a spiritual war zone. Paul wrote in Corinthians, for though we, we live in the world, we do not war... We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not weapons of this world. No, we are in a war, and we need to understand that. We need to understand that there is a battle going on. Rick Joyner says, there is a battle raging what for? For the souls of every individual on earth. There's a battle raging for every church in every city and every nation. These are his words. And victories are being won. We're seeing some great things happen, but it's only a start. It's only a start, but if we can be the battleship that God has called us to be, man, we will change our streets and we will change our schools and we will change our workplaces and communities. But you know where it starts? It starts with our family. It starts with our family. Revival is on its way. It is on its way. But you know what stirs in my heart? See, I know God's looking for faithful men and women. And when we are faithful with what we currently got, with loving and caring, discipling and growing, he will give us more. But if we're not faithful with what he's giving us now, how can he trust us with more? And see, this isn't about Church Unlimited. This is about all of us together being the Christians and being the witness. See, and I'll read this out from Mark Cahill. In the Christian life, we are not enjoying a pleasure cruise to heaven. We are on a battleship at the gates of hell trying to keep as many people out of there as possible. Can I say that again? In the Christian life, we are not enjoying a pleasure cruise to heaven. We're not sitting around going, beam me up, Scotty. We are on a battleship at the gates of hell trying to keep as many people out of there as possible. How many of you know right now a friend or family member who needs salvation? Okay, let me ask that again, because some of you must be walking around daydreaming. How many of you know somebody who's unsaved, who you need to get them to church to Jesus? Come on, tell me. Well, do you know who's going to bring them along? Because it's not Pastor Steve. It's not me. Do you know who it is? It's you. It's me. And let me tell you, one thing I've been hearing and seeing a lot in the last few weeks is that 80% of anyone who ever gets saved gets saved because you invite them. Because somebody they know personally invites them along. Because somebody's been praying for them and believing for them. And I I think we'll we'll do that another time. But Jesus has said to us in uh, Matthew 4, verse 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. See, we are called to be fishing vessels. 
not cruise ships. We're called to be fishing people out of the gates of hell and bringing them to heaven. Now, something interesting that I heard from the Billy Graham organization that 75% of everyone who actually comes forward and gets saved at, at a crusade event, 75% get saved because someone not just invites them, but actually actively picks them up and goes in the same transport together. Okay, now this isn't about the Billy Graham event, so let me tell you what we need to be doing. On a Sunday morning, we need to be going up to somebody's house. They come to the door in their jammies. Come with me. Where are we going? Don't, doesn't matter. Come with me. Get in the car. Down the motorway or down to the road, come into church. We're at your church. I know, you need to come. Do you know why? Because if you bring them along, they're going to be here. And when they're here, they'll see. You know what they'll see? They'll see that Jesus is the answer. Not church is the answer, that Jesus is the answer. But do you know how they're going to come? Because you bring them. Because you bring them. We need to be ready. I noticed this during the week, and just it's a little side note. In John 14, and 14 and 15, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit as our helper, not our doer. See, the Holy Spirit will help you invite people. Okay, I don't want to see people in their jammies next week at church. <laughs> but maybe you actually do need to pick somebody up. Because that is the battle that we've got going on. You know, we need to invite people along. We need to say, you you're looking for something, and I know where it is, and it's Jesus. See, that is what it means to be on a battleship. Yeah. Now, as I wrap it up here, I, I know this is not easy to hear, but this is the truth, church. The truth is we're not on a cruise ship, that we need fellowship. We need each other. We need to understand that every single one of us, if we're in a relationship with Jesus, needs to be discipling people. We need to be part of discipleship. We can't be leaving it to Tinny and the new Christians. You know why? Because if we all do it, we can see hundreds of people come in and we can all disciple them. But if we leave it to some team, I don't think God's going to bring in the hundreds because we can't be trusted. We're all in this together. We are on a battleship. If the music team wants to come, we need to see we are in a war. We are in a war for your friends and your family. And we need to be praying for them. We need to be gathering together. We need to get, be getting trained and we need to be activated. Can you see that we are on a battleship? That we together will see our city turned around. But it's not going to be through me. It's going to be through all of us together. Don't listen to the disinformation of the devil. He's been trying to lie to us for years and years. What is God saying to you right now? You know, together, together, we are going to see West Auckland turned around. Who can see it in their, in their spirit? Who can know that? Because that is what God wants to do. But it's going to take all of us. Getting out of our comfort zone and saying, God, I know you're with me. And I'm going to see with that one person. I'm going to see somebody come.